for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Let's go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. We're going back to Ephesians, chapter 3 verse 14 through 21, and, and just kind of put your little uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, bookmark there or finger there, and allow me just to kind of recap, because we kicked off uh, uh, the sermon series a few weeks ago about family matters. Somebody say family matters. And we're not just discussing the, the, the matters in our family, but we're discussing the fact that family matters to God. I said family matters to God. And so last week, we, we, we started a sermon entitled, The Family That Prays Together Does What? Stays Together. And so one of the, well, let me just kind of recap. We talked about uh, the family that prays together, stays together, understands the importance of family humility. Family humility. Family humility is so important because in Ephesians 3 and 14, Paul says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. How many know that sometimes we need to get back to our old foundational ways of prayer and not just do the pray on the go or the pray drive through, but we have to kneel before the Father and pray. Our posture is important before him. Yes, it's more important for your inward man or your heart to have the right position, but I believe that your physical position will help your heart get in line. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Only as we humble ourselves before the Lord will we be uh, in a position to receive anything from him. If we want to be in position that God will hear us, then we must humble ourselves. The, the word of God declares for us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, what? He will exalt you. And if you don't humble yourself, God has a way of humbling for you. Second Chronicles 7 and 14 declares that if my people will humble themselves and pray, then will I hear from heaven. So there's a part that we have to do if we want God to do his part. Amen? Why is humility important? We talked about this last week. Because if we have a hard time humbling ourselves before God, how do we expect to humble ourselves before others within our family? Because we got the memo last week that, hey, guess what? Breaking news, uh, we're not always right. And sometimes it takes you to have to go back and humble yourself. Go humble yourself before your spouse. Humble yourself before your wife and say, baby, I'm sorry. I, I, I blew it. I messed up. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Dumb me. Oops. Boo-boo the fool. But, I'm, but, I, but you have to humble. And sometimes you have to humble yourself before your children. Because sometimes we try to be super P, you know, the big P on our chest. Super parent. Everything I say is right. No, it ain't. <laughs> So some stuff you picked up by tradition and, and it's contrary to the word of God. Let me get on from that because some of y'all got your children in the, in the church. Y'all like, don't say that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Your children will respect you more when you say, you know what? Daddy was wrong. Mama was wrong. I blew it here, but I'm going to correct it, and we're going to get this thing right together. 
not only is a family that prays together, stays together, understand family humility, but they also understand the family name. And we, and we begin talking about how even though we are proud to be Goffs, a name that's above every name is better than being called a Goff, and that's the name of Jesus Christ on our lives. Amen. <clears throat> Listen, listen, listen. We are more, and then we talked about the fact that we are more than a church. We are family. We are family. You're my brother. You're my sister. And guess what? God is our Father who art in heaven. Our Father. Our leadership, our relationship as a family will only last a lifetime, but our relationship as brothers and sisters in Christ will last forever. And as families, we have no greater prayer, no greater prayer that you can pray than for those whom you love will be included in the family of Christ. And then we discussed, and this, here's where I'll pick up because I didn't finish this point, but we talked about the family that prays together stays together because they understand not only family humility, not only the family name, but they also understand family provision. Family provision. And as we ought to thank God for how he has provided for us day to day, and we should as a family also pray together that God would meet our physical needs John 15 and 7 begins to remind us that if we remain in him, in me, and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. And the key part of that is if we remain. We can have provision for our family as long as we remain. Hallelujah. And here's where we're going to pick up and continue this section of family provision. But I just want to go back to Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, and, and we have it up on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, I will be reading from the NIV a translation, but here's what it says. It says, for this reason, verse 14, for this reason I kneel before the Father, for from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Pray, I pray that out of his goodness, glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your innermost being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Watch this. And I pray that you, being rooted and grounded, somebody say rooted and grounded, rooted and grounded or being rooted and established in love, verse 18, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long and how deep and how high the love of Christ is, verse 19, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure. Somebody say filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Verse 20 is one verse that we oftentimes hear quoted, but maybe not in context with what we've just read. And it says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Somebody say within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all the generations forever and ever. And the church said, amen.
So we need to remember that our needs must go beyond the physical in terms of provision. Our needs must be greater than these temporary things. But we need to also ask God to meet our needs that are eternal. Because we have to pray together as a family for God to meet our spiritual needs. For Ephesians 3 and 16, it says it right there, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through, the, through his spirit in your inner being. Paul recognizes that he, there is a need to ask God to help the believers at Ephesus to be strong in their inner man, in their inner being through the power of the Spirit. See, everything that we are able to do, we, we're able to do it by His Spirit. For the Word of the Lord declares that it's not by power and it's not by might, but it is by His Spirit, says the Lord. And it was to the Ephesians that Paul said that we don't struggle against people, but against spiritual forces in heavenly places. But let's look at Matthew. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. Because when, when the disciples began to ask and inquire of Jesus, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he began to model or give them the model that we come to know as the Lord's Prayer. When you get down into verse 13 of, of the sixth chapter, he, Jesus says something very interesting. He says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How many people are asking God to deliver them from some evil things? And I'm thankful that we can pray and ask God to forgive us of our sins. He, he tells us in the James that if we, are, if we confess our sins before the Lord, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. I'm thankful today that I, that I can pray to God and he will forgive my sins. I'm thankful today that one day I called upon him and he delivered me from my sins and he continues to forgive me day by day from the mistakes that I make in this body. But let me tell you something, there's a greater prayer that we can pray. Because we should not just be praying that God would forgive you, but we need to pray and ask God to deliver us from the evil. To keep us from entering into sin in the first place. <laughs> When I was a little boy, the Winans would sing a song. They would say, it's good to know that he'll be there if ever I fall. But it's better to know that I don't have to fall at all. Why? Because he is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory. And as a family... We pray for each other that God will lead and direct our steps and that the Lord will strengthen everyone in our family to overcome every temptation. Every temptation. Listen, don't just stop short at God, forgive me for my sins. Go the extra mile and watch him do it. 
Say, God, deliver me from the evil that I'm in so I don't have to keep asking you to forgive me for this sin over and over and over again. I think we've gotten so far away from this core teaching of what Christ is, it has the power to do because we rely so much on our grace. Though grace is good, I believe grace has become a crutch for a lot of the Christians in the body of Christ today because we rely on our grace card. Oh, I messed up grace card. Swipe it, Jesus. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. And we've forgotten the core teaching of what Jesus tried to implement. He says, yes, yes, deliver, uh, uh, pray that you hear to not temptation, but God, deliver us from the evil that plagues our mind, the evil that plagues our hearts, the evil that we see with our eyes every single day. Deliver us from this. Some of us have been, have been struggling with the same besetting sin for years. And we just totally rely on the fact that God, God is gracious and he is able to forgive me for my sins. And we missed out on the power and the inner workings of the Holy Spirit that is able to cause us to break. He said he would break the power of sin that's over our lives so that we don't have to sin continuously. Family that prays together stays together because they share the family, a family humility. They share a family name. They share family provision. But let me give you this next point. The fourth point, I believe it's they share the family home. The family home. Somebody say family home. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. Let me grasp these two verses together. I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Watch this, verse 17. So that, I love a good so that. So that Christ may dwell. So, so that Christ may dwell. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. It's time out for just having Jesus over for a visit. He wants to live. He longs to dwell there. God, the creator of the entire universe, put all the cosmic or order into place, the sun and the moon, the stars in space, earth called forth waters, land come forth and land came forth. Told the waters, don't go no further than this. That's your marking, that's your demarcation, land you stay in its place and they obeyed called forth uh, birds of the air, fish of the sea, beasts to crawl on the ground. And they all began to become living organisms in earth. And then he took dust and clay and created and fashioned after for himself and for his good pleasure, man. And he breathed into man and man became a living soul. talking about God, the creator of everything, who could have chosen to live anywhere. 
could have chosen to make his abode anywhere. But he says, it's your heart that I want to bring all my Ikea furniture to. No, not Ikea, because you got to put all that stuff together. You know, bring on the Art Van trucks or whatever. <laughs> Next day delivery. All right, free plug, Art Van. So send us a check. All right, there it is. So, so, so there it is. God says, it's in your heart. That's where I want to live. That's where I want to dwell. That's where I want to take up my abode. Within our hearts. God doesn't dwell in churches made with uh, bricks and mortar or buildings made with two by fours. No. God doesn't live in a building made with lumber. Lumber, really? God lives in our hearts. Who do y'all understand what that means? <sighs> Listen to this. Ah, uh, matter of fact, let me take you there. Come on, go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I love staying in the word of God, don't you? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, look at what it says. It says, do you not know? <laughs> I love how Paul just, just starts us off. He says, hey, 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 you, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your, your body is the temple of, in other words, your body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. Who is in you? Now watch this. He says this. Whom you have received of God. <laughs> look at somebody and say, God lives in you. Now look back at them and say, have you welcomed him into your heart? Or let me say this. Have you made him feel welcome into your heart? Ah, uh, because see, there's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference. I, I mean, it's great. It's great that one day you accepted him into your life and he became your savior, but it's a whole other level because he longed to be your Lord. Salvation happened one day, but lordship takes place every day. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lordship happens every day. He, 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 wants to, he wants to feel welcomed every day, and he wants, watch this, he wants to be given control. Because when he is the Lord of the house, it becomes a home, and life works. If your life has seemed broken, if your life has seemed fragmented, if your life, that's my jam, if your life, if your life seems out of order, chaotic, let me tell you something, give him control. Because he has a way of establishing order. Lord have mercy. 
He has a way of stepping. He is not the author of confusion, but he can step in the midst of confusion and bring about order. He will shift his holy weight around and cause things to be bumped in its rightful place and moved in its rightful position. God is a God of order, and he longs to bring order to your life, but he's a gentleman. He's not just going to come in and take control if you haven't given him the authority to. That's why every day I say, God, you take control of my life. Lead me and guide me. Proverbs 3 and 5, that uh, 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 it begins by saying, why am I drawing a blank? It says, it says, trust in the Lord. There it is. Had to push that recall, but with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, do what? Give him the authority. And he will direct paths. He longs to have jurisdictional rank and authority in your life. But you got to give it to him. You got to say, hey, God, here the keys. Make yourself at home. Matter of fact, take over. Do what I can't do. I, I've been trying to do this on my own, but do what I can't do. Go where I can't go. Say what I can't say. You know, these demons, these little enemies that's been lurking around my life, go ahead and put them out. I give you the permission to do what it is that you need to do in my life. God, not my will, but your will be done. I throw out my agenda, God, but your agenda is the main agenda of the house. There is no other agenda besides your agenda. God lives in you, but you got to welcome him in. Or have you made your heart such an uncomfortable place for God to live? Hey, Lord, I'm about to step on some toes right now. Have you pushed God out of your residence that he chose for himself? Notice what Paul says in the next verse in 1 Corinthians. Look back down at it. At the verse 19, well, the end of verse 19, he says, he, at the end of verse 19, he says, you are not your own. Boy, I tell you, that, boy, that just feels like breaking news again to, 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 to some of us. You are not your own. Verse 20, you were bought with a price. <laughs> I don't have a dog. Because me and dogs have never gotten along. They don't like me, and I feel the same. But one thing, I have looked at people who do have dogs. Johnsons have a big beast at their home. Kathy, she has a beast at her home. I mean, four-legged horses that just move around as they will. I don't understand it. But I'm sure they went to the store one day, and they purchased the dog. And I'm sure they knew that in the beginning it wasn't going to be all peaches and cream. They had to begin training the dog to act how they want it to act, to behave how they want it to behave, for it to begin doing the things that they want it to do. Spot. 
I'm going to throw the ball. Go get it. Now, I mean, after the first couple of days, first couple of weeks, I don't know how long it takes. I told you, I don't like dogs. So I don't know this stuff. But after the first couple of days, maybe first couple of weeks, Spot doesn't do anything. You just kind of, <laughs> you just kind of sit there. You know, <laughs> dogs, that's what they do. But maybe he spent some money to take him to obedience school. <laughs> and after the course, that dog is supposed to listen and do upon command. Now, it's way past a few days, way past a few months, few weeks. It's been a couple of years. See, some of y'all face already, that, that dog got to go. <laughs> Spot, you got to go. You can't live in here no more. Come on, come on, come on. It's, it's been three years. You got to go. God is our master. And we are his children, and he continues to try to train us in the way that we should go. Just like his word admonishes parents, for he does the same thing. Train up a child in the way that he or she should go. And even the word of God says, when they are old, they should not depart from it. But why in the world has it taken us so long to be trained by the word of God when he is our master? And all he longs to do is to cause you to experience life and have it more abundantly. Maybe that illustration was a little half-baked, but you guys got the picture. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus. We don't belong to ourselves, my brothers and sisters. We don't belong to ourselves to live any way we want. We belong to God. So welcome him into his home. <laughs> It sounds a little backwards. It's like me coming over to Sister Dewana's house and say, hey, Sister Dewana, welcome to your house. <laughs> That's what we have to do. Welcome God into his home and honor God with how you live. Most of us used to grow up in a church where we would give testimonies, and how many people remember testimony service? Yeah. Uh, you know, every church kind of did a little differently, but when people get up to testify, uh, no matter where you were, you probably heard it go a little something like this. Give an honor to God. <laughs> Who is the head? Come on, somebody. I want to thank the Lord for being here tonight. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> But listen to that, giving honor to God. And some of us don't honor God because we don't live in a way that's honorable. 
He is the your honor on the bench in your life. And he has the final say. John 14 and 23, you don't have to go there, but I have it up on the screen. Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, it, it's just it's so good. It says, as long as my father loves you, you get all of us. I mean, we, we coming as a crew. Posse up. My father will love you and we will come to him and make our home with him. Is God at home in your family? I think we need to remember that even late, in night, late at night when we think everybody else has gone to bed and we're not sleepy yet. And so we're surfing. Uh, you forgot somebody's still awake. He never sleeps nor slumbers. He that watches Israel watches over you and me. Somebody said, you only hurt the ones you love. <laughs> well, what is the spiritual climate of your house? Are relationships between family members strained? Is there bitterness? Is there unforgiveness? These are not only things that make us not want to come home, but watch this. They don't make, feel, they don't make God feel at home within us either. Boy, is that, that's that awkward silence, and I want to move on, but I feel like I got to stay. Because, let me tell you something. Uh, you holding on to that grudge and you not operating in forgiveness and you think you're putting that person in your own little prison. I ain't talking to them. Mm -mm. They're not getting my time. Let's pause for a moment. You're actually the one bound. You are actually the one bound by those chains. Why? Because every time you move, you're thinking about, well, you know, I don't want to do that because I don't want them. They're not, they're not even thinking about you. Boss said, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. <laughs> Holding on to bitterness. Just bitter. Everybody running somebody that's just bitter. I mean, all you know, they 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 look like they didn't they didn't eat lemons. They just mm. what's wrong? Nothing. Leave me alone. Why you look? I what look like what? Just bitter. When you really talk to them. And they start unearthing 
the matters of their heart. Something that happened 20 years ago. And they still hold on. Look at him with her. I wish he would just go somewhere and die. What? Okay. I'm just going to. Make your prayer that God's presence will be felt at home within your family. That his peace and presence will fill your home because he has filled your life. Let me, boy, I need to testify. Can I testify? Let me tell you, let me tell you about the power of agreement. Somebody say agreement. Courtney and I, I love my wife. I mean, she's, she's amazing. She, we're going on 13 years of marriage. And one would think that I would get it. <laughs> In other words, that whatever she say, I would just agree, yes, yes. I mean, she's so fine. I, just that her looks alone, just yes, baby, whatever, whatever, whatever. What, whatever, yes, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> How many know me and my old foolish ways? I, I don't operate in that spirit all the time, Mother Lorraine. I don't, just, I don't. But I've been understanding that there's power. It, it, it was maybe about a year ago, Deacon Mark Bryan, he probably doesn't even remember this, but see, that, that, that's why it's, it's always important that, that when you're speaking, you're speaking faith and grace-filled words. We were in Financial Peace University. Pastor Justin was teaching the class, and Deacon Mark Bryan began to, to talk about the power of agreement and coming into agreement with his wife. Let me tell you something, those seeds were planted into my life that day. And sometimes it takes my little hard head, some like, like, like hard ground, some time for, for, for it to really sink in. But I began really meditating on that, about the power of agreement, especially within the family, especially with my wife. Power of agreement. And this week, God began to move. Let me just tell you this. We, there were some things going on. Most of you all know back in, oh, this 2017, back in 2015, around October, I, I, I lost my job at Tim Hortons. I was, I was the senior regional marketing director for Tim Hortons, all of Michigan and Ohio. And on one day, October the 6th, never will forget it. I'm probably still bitter, need to be praying at the altar after this whole thing is done. Um, <laughs> On October the 6th, <laughs> things kind of went outside of my control, and they got rid of the entire U.S. leadership team in one day and said, we're going to run everything from Canada. And there I was without, without a job. 
First time in, I don't know, 13 years, unemployed. And, um, you know, still had to try to make ends meet. So, and I, I'm just being full, fully transparent right now. So, pray for me. Uh, we, we racked up some debt. Thousands of dollars worth of debt. Tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt. Because I felt, I'm, I'm, I'm still a man, I have a wife, I have kids, I gotta provide for my family. Reagan was just born a few months before, here I am out of a job. Racked up some debt. And you know, they call, <laughs> but I was like, get in line. <laughs> what am I to do? I don't have it, so hey, call me next week. They called the next day, they keep calling, keep going. But my spirit was wrong. We weren't trying to take care of it. I mean, you know, started working again, but weren't trying to. God spoke to us and said, you all need to address this debt. And and again, and it was brought about because we wanted to move into another neighborhood closer to Kayleen's school so that she can kind of be in the neighborhood. Right now we have school of choice her, and she's in another school district, and then she kind of goes to that school district and then comes out. You know, it's not the best situation, but long story short, we did that. We got together Sunday night after the All-Star game. Never will forget this. And... We came together and we said, you know what? We need to address this debt. We need to address this debt. We need to be very, very cognizant of paying it off. And so for the first time in in, in a very long time, we purposefully came together and agreed. Power of agreement. Watch this. We knew that before we can take the, the, the necessary steps to, to looking for a house out in that area, we need to make sure that we clean up this debt. <sighs> Approximately 24 hours later, someone called me out of the blue. Started having some casual conversation. And then, and I, as I thought the conversation was getting ready to come to him, he says, hey, you know, I just, I, you know, I, me and my wife, we were praying, and, and this, this may sound completely off to you, but, and if I am, just say, hey, a problem, maybe we just missed it. He says, God told us to bless you guys financially, but God told us to do it in a very specific way. He says, pay off one of your debts. And for the first time, he who communicates for a living, speechless. I'm emotional, I'm an emotional wreck driving down where we're just emotional wreck, crying. I'm just like, and when I finally got myself together, I said, I thank you for this, but I have to tell you what just happened. And as I began to unfold in the story to him, God began to make it evident of how when me and my wife came into agreement, 
God began working on the other side of town. Working this out and bringing about everything that we needed. And then God took me to this scripture in Psalms 133. Psalms 133. Do we have it on the screen? Have it on the screen. It says, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. I'm not done. Go to verse 2. Watch this. It's like it is like precious oil poured out on the head, running down from the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Verse 3, watch this, and don't miss this. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Watch this. For there, somebody say there. For there the Lord bestows, the King James says, for there the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. Somebody say there. Where's there? The place of unity. The place of agreement. The place of oneness. <laughs> Listen, uh, maybe, you're here, maybe you're here today and you say, well, I'm not married. Okay, agree with God. Get in line with his word. Get a prayer partner, somebody that's going to agree with you. So they told us what the figure was. Let me finish this story because I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta put a bow on it because you got to hear what the Lord did. I called the biggest creditor that we owed over $14,000 worth of debt on this one account. <laughs> I owe over $14,000. Like, this is their money that they have a right to. And they settled that account for less than half. Less than half. Power of agreement. Oneness. Somebody say oneness. And that has to happen in the home. <laughs> Let me give you this. Family that prays together stays together because they share the family humility, the family name, family provision, the family home. But the fifth thing, watch this, don't miss this is the family integrity. Somebody say integrity. Look at verse 17 through 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled. Somebody say filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Our integrity or our character as a family is based upon one word, love. It's based upon one word, love. 
Look again at what Paul has prayed for. Look back down at it again. He asks that we would be rooted and established in love. And why does Paul pray this? Why should we make it our prayer that our family is rooted and established in love? I'm glad you asked because I have an answer for you. It is as our love finds its full expression to God and the people around us that we can grasp how great Christ's love is for us. I've often shared, even from this pulpit, that Courtney is one of the greatest expressions of love and forgiveness that God has ever given to me. She forgave me before we were even married, and even after we've been married, she's forgiven me. And when I turned my back on her before we were married, I mean, after I betrayed her and broke her heart, she decided to love me still and forgive me. Now, if she can do it, then how much more can God's love and forgive reach me, forgiveness reach me? Her love has helped to root and establish me in God's love and in turn has called, caused me to begin to grasp just how great God's love for me really is. I told her before, before we were married, you know, we were... She graduated college, I hadn't. She was very serious and focused. I was still kind of playing around. And she says, all right, listen, enough is enough, it's over. Called it off, I mean, I, and, and was not returning any phone calls. I mean, you know, we had kind of, you know, you know how boyfriend, girlfriends do. You break up, make up, break up, make on again, off again. Y'all go together, no, we don't go together no more. Uh, Y'all sit together, oh yeah, we together right now. It'll be like the next week. But this time, I mean, the chick was serious. She wasn't returning any of my phone calls. She wasn't returning to my emails. I hooked up with the U.S. postal man and began writing letters with my hand, sending them to her, and they were going unreturned. <laughs> Wouldn't even respond or acknowledge. And God said, I, I, I began to cry to the Lord. I said, God, <laughs> the woman you told was going to be my wife won't even talk to me. It's been months now, and I have yet to even have two words with her. And God said, 21-day fast. I went on a 21-day fast, drank nothing but water for 21 days, and began praying. Began asking God. Say, God, I know I've messed up. <laughs> I know I've blown it. What do you want me to do? Is, it, is this over, or, 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 or God, are you going to be with me? to pursue her even more. And God says, we're not even there yet. You got to just stay on your face. <laughs> this is what he told me. He's like, don't even talk to me about her. This 21 days is about you, <laughs> sir. Sonia Wild, oh, just come on now, just. That's how God deals with me. It's like, listen, you can go out there and be foolish all you want, but there's going to come a day of reckoning. God began to do surgery on me, began to work on my heart, began to do things that, I mean, stuff, he, he began showing me things about myself that I, that I didn't even, I, I had grown hard or cold to the fact that this was wrong. God began to 
turn my heart that was once sensitive but had now become hard become to begin to become sensitive again. After I got done with the 21 days of prayer, I heard the Lord say something. Now, again, months had gone by and we had not had any communication. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, now ask her to marry you. Went to her parents' house, did the honorable thing, asked her mom and dad, and her mom laughed at me. Exactly what she did. She says, uh, Devin, y'all aren't even talking. <laughs> I said, I know. But I know I'm serious about her. I know I want to be serious about her for the rest of my life. And we've always had a good relationship. And, and, and her mom and dad just kind of looked at me and said, I mean, and really was out of concern, almost like as second parents, like, what well, do you, I mean, what if she says no? <laughs> because they were like, she's not even talking to you. She doesn't even talk about you anymore. I mean, pictures that were in the room, gone. I mean, she, this may not go down the way you want this thing to go down. I said, I, I, I want to ask your daughter for her hand in marriage. Long story short. God is good all the time and all the time God is good I mean there's a whole lot more to, to the beginning but but I mean truth be told I asked her to marry me and she said yes and I began to repent and ask for her forgiveness for all of the things that she had to endure during my life as us being friends and courting one another. If you struggle, if you struggle to understand how much God loves you, begin to give love to others unselfishly. Begin to receive love from your family and others without trying to figure out what's the hidden agenda. Because as Paul begins to declare, as we are rooted and established in love, you will understand more and more how much God really loves you. Because love is a verb. Love is active. First Corinthians 13 and four through eight, it says love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Does not, it does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. Hear me good. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love gives us integrity because love never fails. Now listen, no family's perfect. We all make mistakes. And we all got Uncle Buck in our family. How many know what I'm talking about? And if you didn't raise your hand, maybe you are the Uncle Buck in your family. It's okay. 
But show me a family that loves each other, and I will show you a family with integrity. Show me a family that loves each other, and I'll show you a family you can trust. Look at Paul's prayer again. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all fullness of God. It is through our love for each other, an act of love that goes beyond our feelings. Because sometimes I don't feel like loving you, but I still do. Love, I'm talking about a love, the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That through love, we are filled with the fullness of God. You never, listen, you are never more like God than when you love each other. So many examples, even in this house, but I, when I look out in this audience, I look at Kenya and Ray, who were just married last year and made it coming up on a year. Listen to this. Every time there's a marriage retreat, every time there's a marriage session, every time there's a marriage enrichment, they say, come on, let's go. Come on, come on, come on, let's go. Kenya, who, who stops me all the time, says, Pastor, pray for my family. And we stop and we pray. She's constantly calling her boys to come to church, hear this word. Brought all her boys to the prayer breakfast yesterday. <laughs> Called me earlier this week and said, Pastor, I didn't sign them up earlier, but uh, can I still bring them? I, need, I got some more people that I need to sign up. I said, bring them on. Why? Because she's serious about her family and whatever may have been going on previously in her family, she doesn't want that same thing lingering on in her family dynamic now. And you and me, we have to have that same type of fire when it comes to our family and say, devil, you're not having my family. Devil, the curse stops with me. Devil, no way, no way in hell am I going to go down without a fight knowing that God has called my seed to be righteous and I shall see the salvation of God here in the land of the living. You got to fight for your family. Fight for your son, fight for your daughter, fight for your marriage, fight for your wife, fight for your husband, fight, don't stop fighting, don't stop giving up. That's why, that's why you can look, that's why you can look at a son <laughs> who may have committed a crime and has been convicted and now has gone away, but that mama still goes up there every single day, every single week, every single time she has a moment, go and visit that boy. Why? Because that's my son and I love him. Yeah, he did wrong and yeah, he's going to pay some time for the crime, but I still my baby boy and I still love him. That's why your friends, that's why your friends look at you. Girl, I don't know why you're still putting up with him because that's my husband. And I believe that what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. P. 
people say, I can't understand. And they say, I just don't know how. That's right, that's right. They just don't know. But look at what the Word of God says. His love surpasses knowledge. <laughs> surpasses all knowledge. You operate in a, in, in a completely different realm when you operate in the love of Christ. Somebody say his love. And I love, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible, 1 Peter 4 and 8. It says, above all, above all, above all, love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins. Look at somebody and say, love covers. It's love that's going to hold us together. Love that's going to keep our families from being divided. It's love that will strengthen a family to stick together no matter what. No family is perfect, but love covers a multitude of sins. So we should be praying that as a family for God to increase our love for each other. To grow more and more in love. Oh, I got to get out of here, but let me give you point number six, and I'm done, and we're going we gonna to leave this family matters behind. But let me tell you something. The family that prays together stays together because they share the family humility. They share the family name. They share family provision. They share the family uh, home and family integrity. But finally, they share family abundance. Look at Ephesians, these last two verses, and then I'm through. We're going home. It says, now to him that is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Verse 21, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. 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 And amen. Let me tell you something as you're standing. The sky is the limit for our families. God can and will do more than you could ever imagine. Anybody ever watch that show, The Extreme Makeover Home Edition? Y'all know Ty and the crew? It's all, I don't even know if it comes on anymore, but I remember it very well. They would come into a home and they would share the stories of these families, tell the stories who have gone through, tell families who have gone through all kinds of unimaginable difficulties, but they stayed together. And they wake up a family on a Monday morning and then they send them off to a little dream vacation. Then at the end of the week, they bring the family back to their new home. The anticipation is intense. And then they have everybody and the whole crowd that's there at the new house in the neighborhood, they say, bus driver, move that bus. And as the bus moves, each and every time, Family stands in awe at what has been done for them as they see their new home for the very first time. Every single episode, Ty and 
the crew, they always find a way to do something far above what the family could ever imagine. Can I tell you something? God can do an extreme makeover for your family. Everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't worry, I'll watch your purse. Close your eyes. It's not going to be like the Malcolm X movie. Get your hand out of my pocket. I got you. Don't worry. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Think about this. If you could have anything you could imagine for, for your family relationship, think about what it would be. Think about it. Grasp it. Come on, get it. Get that, get that picture in your mind. There could be anything that you could imagine, think about for your family. What would that thing be? Now open up your eyes and look at me. God can give you that and more. community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org. 